Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. And today we are talking about consent. Um, it's been a discussion in our home for many years uh, because of what we do, uh, but also just because of our consciousness of what respect is um, for, you know, for two human beings engaging in any kind of behavior together, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's conversation, whether it's activities, any, any kind of um, encounter, I guess. So consent, uh, we're touching on today in a general aspect, and we're also touching on it in terms of what we do, because we, we notice that when clients are coming, especially for the first time, um, there's a general kind of nervousness uh, when people approach the house, um, even for days before, and we know that. Um, so we wanted to be able to uh, offer uh, a little bit more comfort in explaining what we do uh, and the reasons why we go through everything with you at the beginning. So did you uh, do you want to start with the spiel? Okay, So that sure. people are familiar with it? Okay. And I, I, I think this is fun because this is a podcast that you can share with someone if you're trying to get them to come. Yeah. A lot of people want friends and family to experience this, but don't know quite how to uh, explain it or how to, how to bring that comfort to mm-hmm. those people who may be yeah. skeptical or just not in the place. Right. Uh, where they want it. So go right ahead. Well, I begin by telling people, um, and, and uh, by Skype, first of all, people call us using Skype, FaceTime, um, long distance telephone, or in person. Um, and the, at the very beginning, I always start by saying that they're welcome to voice record, um, and that we do not do any voice recordings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tell them they're welcome to write notes that I do not. And that as a practitioner, I do not have any files. Mm-hmm. So when people leave, <clears throat> excuse me, when people leave. So does our memory. <laughs> exactly. There's no sitting down and saying this person came through. I did medical intuitive, blah, blah, blah. There's yeah. nothing. It's just whatever notes they write, they write. In the last little while, um, I've been doodling. And I really call it that because it's messy as all heck. I'll vouch for that. Yep. And there's pictures sometimes, there's maps, there's all kinds of things that happen that comes through in the channeling. And that is the person's uh, property. I give it to them Mm -hmm. because it's their information from their spirit guides. So I believe that that, that they are the owner of that, though it came through me. So uh, those are the first two things. Did you want to go next or? Uh, Sure. Um, I think what's what's really lovely uh, in the consent process is that you and I both say that if you're here for an hour or a half an hour, uh, our promise is that we're going to check in with you uh, roughly every 10 to 15 minutes, depending on you know the duration. Um, and that check-in point is an opportunity for the client to speak up for what they want, uh, to ask questions if they've come in with any kinds of questions. And I often say to people... Um, you know, a lot of people will come in with one priority or one question and, you know, we kind of get going and give messages and they get distracted by something they weren't expecting. And that check-in point is an opportunity to go, oh yeah, I would still like to get this out. So every person consistently has those moments where you and I pause and say, um, how are we doing so far? Are you comfortable with everything? Is there a direction that you would like to head in? So those check-in points um, are there for everyone. Mm-hmm. And they are allowed to interrupt us at any point in time to ask questions, but the check-in is there in case they forget. Mm-hmm. I think it's also to show intention, mm-hmm. as you said on our part, 
um, because we're the in-between, uh, between their yep. spirit and spirit world or guides or whatever you people want to call that universe, um, that as the in-between, um, we're checking in with them as human beings to meet their needs. Mm-hmm. I'm also checking in with the spirit world <laughs> yep. on a regular basis saying, how am I doing? Am I giving the messages you want? Mm-hmm. And that's an important thing for people to hear because sometimes they they come with a question on their list and they they say that they're open. Mm -hmm. And when the spirit's coming in saying, well, she says she's open, so I want her to know, you know, the following items. And I start saying those. The person might be sitting there listening. They might like hearing it or not. But at the end of the session, they might think, well, my question didn't get answered. And I say, well, you said you were open. And your guides chose this over your question. Yeah. And, and when, I, when I checked in with you, you didn't use that opportunity to ask. That's right. So, yeah, the, the pauses, I'll call them, the check-in points are there for uh, all three of us. Yes, it's structure. The client, the practitioner, and, and the other side. And hopefully that it's saying to the client that we're trying to be responsible, that we are um, aware that we are checking in with them, whether they're aware of it or not, we are. Mm-hmm. And that the spirit world is aware that we're doing that check-in. Mm-hmm. So, okay, now um, now we go into list the modalities that we offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you and I have a slightly different order in mm-hmm. them. And I, and I really like actually the one that I learned that you start with. So do you mind going first? Um, I start with energy healing first. Okay. Um, and, and I won't explain why, cause we just said we were going to list everything first. So energy healing is the first thing I ask for consent for. Mm-hmm. And I let them know that they can sit in a chair, um, that they can lay on a, uh, on the table, or if they're in their own home and they're doing it by Skype or FaceTime or telephone, some people call and they're in their cars, yeah. um, or they're at work on their lunch break and they're in their office or the lunchroom or a hallway. Um, in a little corridor, it doesn't matter what position their body is in, who's around them or who's not around them. Um, none of it makes any difference because energy healing can be done person to person with touch, no touch, mm-hmm. or long distance anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And that the energy healing is done the whole session, not that you stop for a second mm-hmm. and then do it and then start doing medium, but that it runs consistently. Mm-hmm. So... That would be, I'll, I'll call your spiel on energy healing. Mm-hmm. And after each modality, that's when we pause and say, having explained that, are you open to energy healing? And so that person says yes or no. If it is yes, then you and I both say, are there any boundaries around that? Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning, you know, if they have said yes to touch, is there a part of their body they don't want touch? So for example, myself, don't touch my feet. Mm-hmm. Um and actually, energy healing, maybe that's a, a good way to say that if you do say touch, we always explain that if you are here in person, um, when we're over the different energy centers in the body, if we're over your heart chakra or your pelvis, which is your root chakra, it's always a, a, a large hover space. Mm-hmm. It's never inappropriate touch. Mm-hmm. So there's a clear spelling out of, of um, the way that we're going to touch you. And I actually say to people in that spiel, um, if you've said yes to touch, even though you've given me the permission, I'm still going to tell you every time I switch hand positions over the mm-hmm. body. Yeah. Because a lot of people who lay down and and want touch, uh, they close their eyes. And 
if your eyes are closed and I'm over your knees and all of a sudden I'm coming up and I'm touching your arms, there can be a feeling of um, jolted energy or, or feeling surprised. And the intention is to keep you feeling peaceful uh, and relaxed. Mm-hmm. So there's always the communication of where we are. I often point on my own body first yep. and say, I'm going to come over the heart. Yeah. And instead of touching like where your heart is on your chest, I'm going to go by the shoulder. Mm -hmm. Are you comfortable if I put my hand here? And I show them on my own body first Mm -hmm. so that they have the choice to look at where the hand is going to be. Um, And I I ask if they want touch or no touch in that position mm-hmm. um, because some people are, are don't want to be touched even up and around the neck area. Yeah. They have issues with the neck. And for some large chested women, they they're, when they lay down, their chest almost comes up under their chin. Yep, that's true. And so to go, try and get into the neck area, it, it, is, it might be, I won't say it is for everybody, a position of intimacy or... or um, not feeling safe, mm-hmm. but I also discovered that some men feel like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many of us feel unsafe in different areas of our body. Yeah. So that is where we ask the question, do you have boundaries? That's right. Um, uh, because you know, you don't have to have touch to receive energy healing the mm-hmm. same way when someone's calling from their car or a remote location, they're still receiving it even though they're not present. And some people say to me, well, if you're a psychic, wouldn't you know that? And I say, I do, but I verbalize it for your comfort. Mm -hmm. I verbalize it so that you understand that I know I have to go over your left shoulder. Uh, I know that there's pain blocked in there. I haven't asked you to confirm it yet. I know that. But I'm still asking you for consent. Yeah, and I maybe I'll use myself as another example. I like doing that because it doesn't put anyone on the spot. Um, There are days when you're doing sessions for myself um, where I will say, please don't touch my feet. Hmm. And there are other days where I will say to you, could you please touch my feet? But when you do, can you touch them firmly? Yeah. Because I'm wanting to test my own boundaries in a safe environment. And people need to know that consent once does not mean consent for for good. Mm -hmm. Um, That you can change your mind. Oh, I love it. So that that's energy healing. Um, so is medium is the one that I go to first. Is that, yeah, okay, I go so, to medium. Um, when we sit down and explain medium, um, I always tell people that we talk to people who've crossed over. That's what it means. Uh, and that that includes people and pets so that when we do, um, you know, talk about names or we talk about, uh, personalities of souls that are coming through just to keep their, their mind open to the idea that it might've been an animal, uh, cause we can, we can simply forget Uh, if we're focused on the people in our lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I ask them if it's okay that I communicate with their loved ones. And so they they can say yes or no to that. And the boundary for that, when I say, are there any boundaries, uh, means that if if there's a soul that you don't want to talk to, you can let us know. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people have said to me, oh, well, why would I do that? Why would I be here? And I'll say, well, you know, some people didn't have great relationships with those who have passed away. Um, some people have been abused. And so, you know, the boundary may be that it was a poor relationship. The boundary can also be they're not my priority today. So if someone's coming in and they've just lost their mother and they are grieving and that that is all they want for the full hour. And I say, oh, grandma and dad are here and and your niece is here. And they're like, just give me mom. Mm -hmm. The boundary can simply be no thank you to the others. This is who I want. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't have to come out of a place of meanness or someone isn't worthy of your time. It's just simply, you know, your priority. And like you say, it can change from session to session. Right. So they might want their mom, 
one day and the next time they come in if if we if they think we should know that when mum comes it's okay it doesn't mean that they want them that day it can mean simply that they're just coming in to say hello yeah. and that their presence and their love is there and that they're just letting them know they're around and that's the that's the simplicity depth and beauty of the message mm -hmm. okay um the second part to medium that <laughs> I have forgotten many times to say, um, and, and I always feel terrible about this. I, I always try and slip in that we also talk to people who have not crossed over. Mm -hmm. So that still falls under medium and people don't, I don't think they see it that way. Uh, so when we do bring up a name or a relationship with someone who is very much alive, I say, please do not panic. It doesn't mean they're crossing. It doesn't mean anything is imminent. It just means that the soul's coming through to deliver messages. And the same way they consent to someone who has passed, they can consent to hearing from a soul who's alive. In that consent process, I let them know that they can say yes or no to it, but that if they're asking about someone who's alive to hear from them, that I check in with that human's soul and get their consent because they're not physically there to give it themselves. So best example, the one that I think that we get most frequently is a mom coming in asking about her children. And that's when we get to say, okay, I'm checking in with your son and he's telling you to F off that this isn't your business and he doesn't want to go there. And so the consent ends up being you're crossing a boundary with another soul and I'm having integrity for that person. So this isn't somewhere we can go with this. Mm-hmm. I was just going to give some another example of you picked mom and children, which is true, very common. Yeah. But I've, I've also had experiences where people have come in and asked about their neighbors. Yeah. And I give that one as well, because I think people can go, oh, well, I'm the mom. Yeah. And I go, okay, but if your neighbor walked in and said, I want to know all about Rose mm -hmm. and they're like, what? Whoa. Mm -hmm. That really illustrates um, the reason why we have integrity. Mm-hmm. And also that adult children have come in and asked about <clears throat> elderly parents, and that can be amazing because they could be nonverbal or they could have Alzheimer's or they could, they, they could just be a withholder. And, and, and I've had it too, where a dad or a husband has been a withholder, mm -hmm. um, doesn't want medical care, would rather just have a heart attack and die or cancer and be told one month and die. Don't want to go through chemo and radiation or any yeah. kind of treatments. And so the the wife and i'm just using that one as the example but the wife or the mother or the daughter comes in and wants to know what's wrong with dad so they can make them go to the doctor so that they can make them do things because they're 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 the fixer and the the that other person that's that might be sick is the breaker mm -hmm. and the spirit world might say no no consent because that's their pattern yeah that that's the pattern they've taken in a, in a lifetime again and it's that's that's their contract in breaking that those patterns. And so if I sit and I become a conduit to allow the contract to continue, mm -hmm. then I'm not fulfilling the soul's purpose. Mm -hmm. Now that can go on a whole separate conversation. Absolutely. Um, but the purpose in this one being that we're asking the human for consent and their soul to channel medium and we're asking the soul's consent to give the messages. That's right. Okay. So that covers medium. Um, I'm assuming medical intuitive is followed. 
Yes. Okay. Do you want to go ahead? Sure. I ask uh, for consent for medical intuitive. And again, uh, saying that I get medical information about them for their own body. I tell them that they can do that two ways. If they want a general, like if they're going to give me time, that I can go through the different body systems and give them the information. But that if they're here, say that they know that they have pain in their pelvis. Do they want me to go to a particular body part right away and tell them what I get about that? Mm -hmm. So that if they have other items they want to go through in that session, that we can get right to something. But I also say to them, and if I don't get anything, um, the spirit world doesn't give me anything at all. I'm just going to tell you, I don't get anything. Mm. It doesn't mean that you don't have a problem. It means that I'm not getting a message for you. And I don't always know why. We can ask the guides why we're not getting a message, um, but sometimes it's not there. Mm-hmm. And I just say, if it's not there, it's not. Mm-hmm. So the medical intuitive, um, are you okay if we go back and forth? Yeah. Uh, the medical intuitive is seeing inside the body like a CAT scan or an x-ray. Mm-hmm. So that's explained because, you know, people, I, and I've had this reaction, people look around my room <laughs> And I'm like, oh, there's no machines. This oh, is non-invasive. Yeah. This is me doing a mental scan of the body. Yeah. Um, and if you think about it, that's that is extremely intimate. Oh, yes. Um, and I and I think people hmm. maybe don't necessarily go to internal first. They think about an external scan, mm-hmm. um, which creates discomfort. And, and I always say it's the internal parts that we're looking at. Um, that includes the brain. Yeah. And so the organs, all of the different systems inside the body. Yeah. And organs included being skin so there is an external examination be to be able to say you know there's rashes going on um you know things that appear outside yeah uh, so that we can get to the bottom of why it's occurring so the medical intuitive intention is to understand why something has manifested in or on the body right and that has to do with mental emotional or physical issues or a combination of those three uh that that things manifest Right. So sometimes the answer isn't just you have a sore left hip and there's a cyst on the hip or there's arthritis there. Yeah. It can be that you're stubborn. Mm -hmm. It can be that you had, oh, yesterday I had a young man and I said, um, you have pelvic issues, but it comes from your feet and it was the way you were birthed. And he just looked at me and went, how do you know that? And I said, when you were birthed, your neck was turned one way. So you also have a neck issue and the vertebrae, but your feet were turned in towards mm. each other. Mm-hmm. And though you don't have that anymore physically, it's still in the hip joints. Mm-hmm. It, Yeah. And it was from his birth. Well, uh, he's 25. I wasn't at his birth. But the spirit guides give that information. And yeah. that's part of the medical intuitive stuff. So there's the the emotional component and there's past lives sometimes that come in. Mm -hmm. But again, that's another part of the consent process. Yeah. And so once we explain what it is or how we do it or Mm -hmm. or both, I should say, um, the question that's posed to the client is, may I have consent for that? Are you Mm -hmm. open to it? And so when they say yes, it allows us to touch on all of the things we just mentioned. Mm -hmm. But there are instances where people will say, no, I don't want medical intuitive. It scares me. Yep. No problem. We still get the messages, but we filter. So we only filter when we're told to either by the human in front of us or from the other side, like you were, you, like you were saying where there's no message that's received. Yes. Um, so when someone says yes to medical intuitive, they can choose the degree, right? So some people will say, I want to know what's going on in my body. 
mm-hmm. and I want to know what to do about it, but I don't want to know why. Yep. Right? If it ha- if it's emotional, I don't care. I want to know if it's a physical thing and if it's a physical issue, I need to stop or start. Right. Right? So the Again, they're in control of what they're consenting to, and we keep that in mind throughout the session. Mm-hmm. Um, medical intuitive also covers um, or in, involves um, being able to give medical information that pe- for people who are not present. So sometimes clients will come in and say, I need medical information about my son, my daughter. Yep. He's autistic. She's Asperger's or whatever. It may be that they don't know what's going on. It's a child, it's two years old, whatever. Um, I know both of us have had many people in the last couple of years with seizures Mm -hmm. and uh, wondering if they are, if they aren't, if they're emotional seizures, if they're caused by um, trauma, PTSD, there's all kinds of things, epilepsy, there's just a number of things. Um, If the medical community will be able to find it or not, what they're going to affirm, a tumor, all kinds of different things. And that we do give it for other people, but I always explain like we did with other things mm-hmm. that we have to ask that soul's consent to give information because, and I encourage people to voice record so that as they're voice recording, if they're nervous and they leave, they could repeat it incorrectly Yep, because they're nervous, because they're scared, mm-hmm. not because they're trying to be mean, but because of that anxiety. Yeah, we get facts jumbled up. Oh my God, we do on the best of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you're coming in having this kind of experience, plus you might have other stresses in your life, like that you're responsible for somebody else's health and caring for them, that can be a lot of burden for them for the mind to get everything accurate. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend for Medical Intuitive that they write notes and voice record. Mm-hmm. And... um and, and that that information then can be shared. So one of the things I love about medical intuitive is that they can bring it to a school, they can bring it to a doctor or to um, home care workers or other family members, mm-hmm. if whoever's open to it. And sometimes people aren't open right away. They're, there's There's one person around or whatever that isn't. And as time goes on, maybe all of a sudden they're in a crisis and now they're willing to listen to it. They're willing to listen to anything to help, just to solve the problem, just to get this person okay. Mm -hmm. Um, We each hit our openness at different times. Yeah. Um, Okay, so next one. Yep. Uh, This is where I would do uh, energy healing. But um, so the one after that is psychic. Um, and I, and I always say past, present and future information. Right. And I ask for individual permission for each of those three, Mm -hmm. uh, because some people will say yes to one or two of them, but not all. Um, so when I explain psychic, I say, you know, the past or the present, you can confirm it's happened or it's happening, but the future you obviously can't. So when we give information about the future, we always pair it with something from your past or your present. And I say my oversimplified example for everyone is that if I'm accurate about what you had for dinner last night, I'm accurate about your career move two years from now. <laughs> because it really, it shows mm-hmm. like how it works. Um, and that that helps. And I say my intention in doing that, my intention in developing that process is so that you as a client know that there's accuracy. But I tell them I do it more for myself. Yeah. Because I want to know I'm not hurting you with information. Absolutely. Um, so again, they know our intention when we're asking for consent. Well, and they know our intention is consistent for the entire time they're but they're with us. Yes. That you don't we don't just do it once at the beginning of the session. 
we do it consistently the whole time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I really like how you said um, that if nothing comes through, I'm telling you, I don't get, I don't get a message yep. because there are certain situations and I'm going to use a good friend of ours who, who ended up, um, uh, being let go from her job, uh, where she said, you know, how come, how come you didn't know? How come you didn't tell me? And there, there are situations like that, that had we said something, it would have altered the way that she, she behaved. It would have altered the course of, you know, her life. So messages don't come through for a reason. That's right. Uh, be, because of that. So okay. yeah. um, psychic, I explain that way so yeah. that they can understand our intention is not to change um, the contract that they have. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so they have the opportunity to consent to one or all three of them or whatever combination they're comfortable with. I also tell them that there's no judgment. Yeah. And I also say that I don't give a shit. I say that at the end, but okay. Yeah, and I I say to them, you take the information about future, if that's what you're looking for, and you do with it what you want. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to follow you around, making sure that you listened and that you did what I think you should do with that information. I cannot be and am not codependent. So whatever they, if they say to you that you're supposed to leave that job, and I see you in a month or six months or six years and you're still at that job. I don't give a shit if you're at that job. Well, and I'm going to I'm going to step in because I don't even know that you said it. Um, it's not what I think. That's right. It It's a channeled message that yes. we're hearing. It's coming out of our mouths, uh, but it's not our opinion. And I know you've said that you sit down with your clients and say, this is not coffee. I'm not your girlfriend. I say that every time. So, yeah, I just want to say because yeah. you, you said what I think you should do. And that's not at all. That's right. Who we are, what we're doing. Yeah, it's not the it's not an opinion. It's just giving them the message and letting them make choices. Right. And um, that there is no judgment around. Um, I know some clients have said, "Oh, I did. I haven't come back to see you in five years," and I, because I feel ashamed. Uh, you know, the, you told me I was supposed to leave my husband, and I'm like, "Oh my God, get over yourself." <clears throat> I don't care if you leave your husband or not. Your spirit guides told you that that was in your best interest. Mm-hmm. If that that's what you asked, that's between you and your spirit. So if you feel that much shame, please don't project that on Karen Sarlo. Mm-hmm. That's 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 your shame. Yeah. Put it in your own little box or your backpack and carry it around on your own shoulders. That and and I I don't f- feel good for them that they're living their life like that. But I I also can't do anything for them about that. They have to do their own work. Mm-hmm. Okay, past lives. Mm-hmm. I asked for consent about past lives. Some people absolutely love hearing about them. I love doing past lives. Um, they give you patterns. And so I put past lives and patterns and soul contracts together in a group. And I ask them for consent and explain that if you want future... Past lives are also important because they will give you your patterns. And so if you say, well, I really want to know my future, but nothing about my past lives or my patterns or my soul contracts. But will I get married again? Will I find another guy? Will I find another woman? Well, I ha- it, it's best for me to be most accurate if I'm able to see what you've patterned. And if your soul contract shows that that is what you wrote that you want to experience or not. You might have written in that you want some period of time as being single. And maybe, maybe, you know, hearing that might make somebody feel scared. 
Can we break this down a little bit more? Yeah, because sure. you lumped three things together without I do. explaining. Oh, okay, sure. So if we explain past lives first and then the individuals and then show how they, they all come together, that sure. might be a little easier. Because okay. some people are going, what do you mean written in? What does that mean? Okay. Um, so past lives just being the lifetimes that you lived before this current one. Yes. Right? Um, so what you're saying is while we view those past lives – on behalf of that person, because a lot of people think that they're going to be regressed. Oh, okay. No, they so are not. We tell people we regress on your behalf into yeah. your past lives to view how you lived, how you loved, how you died, right? Because yeah. those are essentially your patterns. What you've learned. Yeah. Or what tools you got or, or what careers you liked in those lives. Right. So we look at all of that information from those past lives to give you, um, to give that back to you. Mm-hmm. So that you can understand what your soul has been through. Mm, and love right? yourself. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And then those past lives, what I explain is that they do illustrate your patterns. Because if you're looking at multiples or even just one, um, you can see the types of relationships you, you uh, continuously engage in, the types of careers that you continuously engage in, uh, the behaviors, all of those different the things. The beliefs. Yep. Beliefs that you come with. Yep. Uh, and even the people that you repeat your lifetimes with, right? Or the yes. souls. Yeah. So the past lives show you patterns. And they can show you patterns of physical pain too. Right. So then separate from that, just for this this podcast purpose, is soul contracts. Mm-hmm. So do you want to go ahead and explain that and then we'll bring them together? Sure. Okay. Um, I get soul contracts in two ways. A soul contract between you and your own soul. So your life path the things you came to earth to learn to to go through to experience um, and also contracts between you and other people so people can come in and say I'd like to know the contract between my husband and I uh, I'd like to know the agreement mm-hmm. that the two of us I say wrote but just meaning agree to you could yeah. say verbal agreement as well to learn to teach each other to experience together whether it's difficult or hard or easy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's those are contracts. Okay, and I always, I, maybe I oversimplify things for people, but I always say to them, you know, if you think about a job description, mm-hmm. um, where you read what your description is and you sign on to that, you give your signature to, to a boss um, for employment, you know, that outlines what you are here to do. And some people might find that very difficult to believe that they agreed to be abused yeah. or that they agreed to be um, a people pleaser mm-hmm. um, or bully uh, other people. Um, or to be born in a certain part of the world. Yeah, or to be born with a certain medical condition or a challenge with mental capacity or yeah. thought processes. Um, so it can be quite challenging mm-hmm. to hear the contracts but I find for a lot of people, it helps them um, f- feel more compassion and not just for another person, but from them for themselves. Yeah. Okay. So now that we've explained those individually, mm-hmm. now I think it's going to make more sense when you're talking about identifying patterns and breaking contracts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and mesh. Well, I put them together because when I, I call it threading the needle. So if I'm going through past lives, I want to find the commonalities for somebody. So contracts they've had with 
similar or same individuals throughout lifetimes. Yes. So it could simply be something as simple as you've had a marriage with this person in eight other lifetimes. Mm -hmm. You are always the people pleaser. Mm -hmm. You haven't broken the contract. You are always the fixer and he is always the breaker. Mm -hmm. Are you doing that again? Do, does he break? Does he promise? Does he apologize? And do you constantly try and fix blah, blah, blah. And that then they can sit there and go, holy crap. Yes, I'm doing that again. That is exactly our relationship. Well, the good news is, is if you don't break it in this life, you get to do it again. What? (laughs) I mean, I know, but that's generally the reaction. Oh, yes. And sometimes that's the wake up point. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay if you're 16 you haven't got it yet you have next time <laughs> yes. and they're like nope i'm getting it right give me my tools oh oh yeah and the other thing i like about the past lives and threading that needle too is is that you can go into other lifetimes and find tools for people and so somebody might come to earth and be and have difficulty with depression and come and see us and we and i'll go please can i go into past lives and see the patterns and the soul contracts, all of this as to why did you contract to come back to earth to have depression again? Mm-hmm. Why and what tools did you have in past lives that brought you out of it? Where, what were the successful lives? Yeah. And what were the other lifetimes where you sucked at this? <laughs> and maybe you, maybe you suicided in one life. And that doesn't mean that that means it sucks, but maybe you took an out. But did that work for you? Mm-hmm. What So what did you learn? Mm-hmm. And so what did you learn in a positive way? And what did you learn from a negative thing that you could so that you grow from it? Yeah. And I want to just clarify that you and I, I'm, I'm speaking mm-hmm. on behalf of you because I know this. Um, suicide isn't the negative example. No, it's sometimes not. <laughs> it's, it's the perfect out. Um, but some people suffer Uh, with depression their entire lives and choose to not pick up a tool and that would be the negative part we're referring to yes and and I think this is a cool a really positive way for somebody who's experiencing being stuck in patterns Mm -hmm. whether it's depression or whatever it is anxiety anything to come in and say well I have anxiety or or depression or both or I maybe I'm grieving Um, and I I don't I don't know what my own patterns are and you might have people all around you that are pointing them out to you, but you're not willing to listen. Mm-hmm. And so coming in and having a session like this can give you some answers with tools this time. Right. So after that explanation, that's when we would say, all right, do you consent to uh, past lives? Yeah. Do you consent to contracts? Do you consent to patterns? Right. And if there are boundaries around those, what are they? Yes. So they could easily say, just giving some examples here, I don't want to know about my past lives with so-and-so. Or I don't want, they could say, I don't want to know about patterns, but I'm interested in past lives. Right. They might want to know the role or the position or the power status they had. Some people don't want, like they want information about past lives, but they, and I often hear this, but I I don't want to know how I died. Okay. And I say to them, but give it up. Give me a minute. What if one of the ways that you died is the very reason why you're stuck right now? Or you have a fear. Yes. So somebody who has a lot of intuitive gifts Mm -hmm. and um, perhaps is wonderfully intuitive, but is shutting it down. And so they become very science minded. They're very driven by facts. Mm -hmm. 
and yet they don't know why they're not happy, um, but they're very driven by fact. I'll call them science-based right now. Yeah. And they're, they, when I go into a past life, what presents is, is that when they were in a lifetime when they were very intuitive, um, that they were, say... Um, burned. Burned at the stake. Or maybe they were um, hung. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they were just shunned. Yeah. Maybe they were shunned by their community mm -hmm. and they lived a whole life of being shunned all day, every day mm -hmm. and um, purposefully. Yeah. So and that created so much pain and depression and heartache, but they couldn't suicide. So they lived their whole life being shunned, mm -hmm. which is horrific. Mm -hmm. So the very thing they're going to make sure that they do in this life is be very social, have lots of friends, make sure that they have kids and a family, that they have a job, that it, where they're seen in the community. And underneath all of that is a constant fear of being shunned. Mm -hmm. And they, they don't understand why they people please out their yin yang or that they bully when they can't get their own way. Mm -hmm. But that underneath all of that is the same type of fear of the way that they died. Yeah, I love that. Oh, so do I. I it, to me, it just can do so much to help them heal. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that series. That's past lives and soul contracts. Okay. Um, guides. I always say, well, I usually perk up when I say that to you. Your guides, your angels, your power animals. Yeah. Are you okay with all of the beings that are coming through to love you? Um, and and I, most people are pretty enthusiastic about that. Uh, but I do always say to them, um, essentially, it is the beings that understand what love is. Mm-hmm. However, if you are coming in today with a human belief system, whether it's a religion or a spirituality or just any kind of hesitation, um, and what I say crosses a belief system that you have, please let me know. That's mm -hmm. the boundary. Right. That's where you get to say, mm, not too sure about that. No, thank you. No problem. Typically, when people understand it's just about love and it's about healing you and moving you forward, they're okay with it. But you still have that option to say, I'm not consenting to that. Right. And again, that's where you and I filter. Yes. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next. Um, I'm not certain. Uh, I, I know one of them that is coming next is dream walking. Okay. Um, I do explain with dream walking that I don't fully understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that each night I have dreams most often of the clients before they even arrive or come or even call that I'm not asking for consent about dream walking, but I'm asking for consent to share the information that I get from it. Right. Oh, okay. So the, the consent part that I also offer is that, um, if they are wanting dream walking, if it's oh, something yes. right. where they, cause usually we pair energy healing with yeah. it too, right? We'll say to them when we come into the dreams, energy healing is offered, um, and dream walking because we're in a state of less resistance yes. uh, than most of our, our physical states or our awake states. Um, so I say to them, if you do want the dream walking and the energy healing to happen at that time, all you have to do is ask in your head or your heart, you know, Karen Kelly, I give you, you know, permission to come and do uh, what you want or what you need to or what I need. Mm -hmm. um, and so it doesn't have to be like, please actually don't text me. Don't call. Yeah. <laughs> don't contact us physically. It's just it's an un, it's a, um, a conscious permission uh, to just just to the souls. Yes. Um, next one <clears throat> is uh, remote viewing. Yep. Um, so, um, again, I tell them that it happens all the time 
and that they don't have control over my gifts. They can't control the remote viewing, that they'll notice that I don't look at them very often during the session. That, that's regardless of the, the type of message. Though. Yes. And that um, the remote viewing occurs for me. I just, everywhere I look, eyes opened or closed, I see things. But that they have the right uh, in con- the consensual process to allowing me to share that or not. So an example might be that if they're asking me what's going on with a certain person, I might say, well, is this what they look like? Is this where they live? Is this what their house looks like inside? Do they have a cottage and here, blah, blah, blah. And I give all of the, I'm remote viewing to see all of that. But it's an affirmation. Yeah. And so if they don't want me to do that, then they can say, no, thank you. I don't want you to. Mm-hmm. But it's so, still there. I still get it. Okay. And I'll just explain that remote viewing is seeing in a location that we're not currently in. Right. Okay. So we're sitting here in the house, but we can describe somebody else's cottage. And and the thing of this is, too, is that people in North Bay might think that we do it here in North Bay because we live here. So we know what the waterfront looks like. But I'm talking about the fact that I've never been to India and I can describe somebody's house in India. It, but it's not just that because mm-hmm. it's not just current. Oh, no. We have described um, locations of what they looked like in the past. Yes. Before things were turned, like um, torn down. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's remote viewing. Um, empath is another one. Right. Uh, where, again, can't turn it off. Um, but we explain that we feel everything that the client is feeling. Yes. So whether it's their physical pain, their emotional pain, their mental pain, um, and all their joys. I, I always like to mention that one too, that we, we feel whatever you feel. Right. Um, and again, can't turn that off. But what I do is I actually just ask their permission for a little bit of patience. Um, because if I'm experiencing an, an aneurysm, let's say they've lost someone and they're, they're showing me what that, what that's like. Um, as you know, you feel it in your own head or you feel the, the trauma in your own body. And sometimes we just need a minute or two to kind of regroup, um, and, and be able to deliver the message in words. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's right. So consent just being that, um, that they're patient in the process. Yes. And that it's appreciated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, other modalities? Um, I don't know if this is the next one for you, but I always mention that I use all six gifts. Yeah. And that um, being seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, and inner knowing. And that um, they are welcome to ask me how I get a message so that they can understand and hear which of the gifts is being used versus that this is my opinion of what I think about them. So that they, un- that they understand. And sometimes it's, it's, they're so beautiful, eh? Mm-hmm. So when they're asking, oh, how'd you get that? And I say, oh, because I smelt the cigarette smoke. Your grandpa smoked a pipe and, and not, not cigarettes, a pipe. And yeah, yeah, that they feel happy, even though they don't share the gift of feel or smelling that pipe. That if I know that, and I can smell it, that they can sit there and go, that's cool. And for some people who do have those gifts, they sit there and go, oh, I get that too. That's one of the ways I know my grandpa's around me, is that I get the smell of a pipe every once in a while. Can you ask him if he gave it to me the other night? And it's like, oh, and then they want that affirmation. Mm -hmm. So... It's important for people to know it's not all just seeing things. It's not all just he had brown hair, he had brown eyes, 
Um, he had a goatee, uh, which was white instead of brown, or he had a great big, you know, mole on the cheek, left cheekbone. And people do want to hear and see and know that stuff, but to describe personality, mm -hmm. to describe routine. He got up every morning and went for a jog as opposed to maybe somebody else who got up every morning and they had coffee and a cigarette and read the paper. Um, like to be able to use all of the senses, I think is so cool. Okay. And, and to explain to people too, that we be, Sorry. that's okay. That we behave like them as well. Mm -hmm. That in that process, that the spirit world is engaging our whole body mm -hmm. to be able to, and I always think that it's such a loving thing for us to do. And that, we're sh and that we're sharing that with them. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've been giving a message and I'm shaking or wagging my finger at someone. <laughs> and, I, and I start to go cross-eyed looking at my own finger going, oh God, what am I doing? I don't, yeah. I don't point. I don't wag my finger. That's yeah. not how Kelly behaves. Yeah. Um, but oh, if you're channeling someone from a different you know, generation or a different yeah. role in that person's life, yeah, for sure mannerisms come through. Oh, yeah. Um, so... Is it safe to say that that's the end of the list? Yeah, I think so. Okay, because this is where I, you know, I like to say to people, um, you know, if they've enthusiastically just said yes to everything, mm -hmm. I'll say to them, okay, it sounds like we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> However, um, even though you've said yes to everything, mm -hmm. if at any point that changes, you just let me know. Yeah. And I don't take that personally. It's just about, about where you're at today. Uh, so you can let me know if a message starts to go in a different direction that you weren't expecting and don't want. You can say, you know what? I said yes to medical intuitive, but I don't want you to continue with it. No problem. It's just about where you're at today. Mm -hmm. And that, like I said, consent can change. Yes. You can choose no at any point in time the same way you can go, you know what? I said no at the beginning and I'm feeling a little bit open now. Can we go there? Yeah. And they can, they, they get that way sometimes from what I've seen, once you start proving you and I, our accuracy. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, somebody that's called a skeptic at the beginning, that's waiting and all maybe they've had 15 affirmations that maybe me, the, the medium part is correct. Or I sit there, remember the other day, a woman came in who had MS and I said, Oh, I'm being told you have MS. And I went through each of her fingers and said, which ones were numb and which ones weren't. Uh, which digits, the top part, bottom part. Well, as you go through and say all of those things, and she's sitting there going, holy crap, how can you do that? Well, that's empathy. Then, okay, then all of a sudden, because there's more trust built up, she's more open to the other things. Yep. It dominoes the that trust factor. Mm -hmm. and And that is why you and I constantly check in. Yep, absolutely. So um, now... Uh, We've kind of, we've gone over the spiel, which mm -hmm. is what everyone gets. And I, and I want to touch on the fact that it is consistent mm -hmm. because, and, and we've, we've had several of these conversations where people have gone away and our, our biggest way of business or building a business is word of mouth. Yeah. So many people have walked away and said to others, you know, um, oh, she, you know, she crosses boundaries. She's rude. She's this. I didn't ask for that. And the people who know us, the people who are here will say, you're lying. Because they may have been here eight, 20 times, two times. They know every single time they come, they're getting the same spiel. They're getting the same check-ins. It's the same consent process. And they have the same level of control, which is 100% from start to finish. Can I give 
can I tell that little story? Yeah. You, you know the one. Uh, there was a, a, a group of women um, who wanted a girlfriend to come and see me. So I think they, what, according what what they told me was they kind of worked on her over a period of a couple of years saying, you know, you should go. And I think they worked together. I can't remember if it was work or just girlfriends. But anyway, um, eventually she came. And so she came for her session. And uh, you know, you just said what I what we do. So everybody now understands the whole way that I went th- through her hour. And then one of the girlfriends came shortly after that and said, we sent our girlfriend to you. And I said, Oh, that okay, how th- you know, that's fine. And she said, Well, I wanted to give you feedback. She said, we sent her to you because we had noticed that she was that she was lying. And that she was playing some of us against each other. But when we would confront her, she would continue to spin her lies. Mm. She would deny or withhold or just brush it off or ignore us. So she said the group of us got to, got together and we bought her the gift certificate to see you. And she came. And they all went out for supper afterwards and said, so tell us all about your session. And so did you voice record it? And she said, oh, no, she never told me you could voice record. <laughs> and all the girls went, no, it's the very first thing she says. Mm-hmm. 100% of the time. Now, all eight girlfriends all see me regularly. So they know that she could voice record. So they know she chose not to, so that she would not have proof that I did say that. And anything else that came out in the session, she Mm -hmm. could make up anything she wanted about the session. Right. So they confronted her. Mm -hmm. They used the session and seeing me as a way to confront her about her lying. Mm -hmm. And the fact that when like through the dinner, they asked her all kinds of different questions. And she said different things like, well, she never even asked me for consent. She never even she crossed this boundary. And they said, well, did you say something when she, you know, when she checked in with you? She never even checked in with me. Mm -hmm. And it was like, well, she didn't check in every 15 minutes. No, she never did that. And they were like, no, Karen checks in every 15 minutes. Yeah, it's part of the spiel. It's part of her. We've all seen her for like four or five years now. She's never missed a beat once. This is what we're talking about. How you lie. So I it was wonderful for me. (laughs) I don't know if my throat just did. I'm sorry. (laughs) That was an interesting facial thing that you had going on too. (laughs) startled myself. Anyway, um, I, I just think that it's interesting that because of the way that you and I have a practice, that other people are able to use that as a reference system. Well, it's and it's the same. It's the, I always compare it to policies and procedures of any other company. Yeah. So the same way you might walk into, you know, I'd walk into a Lululemon and say, what's your return policy? It's written on the bottom of the receipt. They tell me every time you check out at cash. Like it, it's yes. so consistent that I never walk in and go, well, someone told me 21 days. It's there. It's yeah. clear. They tell you every time. There's no question. And when you go into Lululemon, it doesn't matter what staff you speak to. Exactly. They're all going to say the same thing. And they know that nobody would have said anything differently. Right. So they know the customer's bullshitting. Right. Well, that's the point about the friends. That's the point about why we're consistent. Yes. Now, um, consent, just as a general topic. Yeah. Uh, okay. And because, you know, this spiel has evolved over the years because oh. I, I watched you have none at the beginning yeah. and build to a longer and longer list as your yeah. gifts grew Yes, um, and then change in the way that you described things and asking consent. 
checking in every 10 to 15 minutes came, Kelly, because I would go through the time checking in and doing that. But people saying to me, well, you know, um, it's been a whole hour and I'm surprised you didn't get my mother. And it would be like, well, I asked you five or six times if there was anybody that you wanted. Right. Um, and you never said anything. Well, I thought you should just get that if you're any good. If you're psychic. And yeah, and I, I love that. And I use that in the opening spiel because I'll say to them, yes, I'm psychic. Yes, I know. Mm-hmm. But it's still my responsibility as an energy mm-hmm. healer to allow you the space to grow and speak up for yourself. That's right. So by overusing one gift, I abuse another. Yeah. If I overuse psychic, I've abused my, my energy healing. Yeah. Um, and that is no integrity to myself, the gifts, or you. Yeah. And I, I think, too, I learned from some clients, and I know this is going to sound negative. I don't mean it to be, but it, it just comes out that way because they're negative, not me. So sometimes when I say it, people think I'm the one being negative. But some people are just abusers. Yep. And they will come in. And they will maybe want their their mom. They maybe got her for the first 15 minutes and then changed and went off and asked me about medical or past lives or future yeah. or to remote view something, you know, whatever. Um, and then bring up at the very end, oh, you didn't get my dad or whatever, because that's the way that they abuse. Yep. That's the it's way. Control. That's right. That's the way to say, I want an extra 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I want a free session. Yep. And you and I have been bullied many times. Uh, where people use those, uh, I'll say, different tactics to get what they want. Yeah. And because I've learned from being abused, and I hope people just heard that, I've learned from being abused, that I, I've set up this process so that I am protected from being abused by a client. Right. And no way do I mean that all the clients abuse me. There are many, 99% could be beautiful clients, but from the 1% that do, yeah. I stand ready. It, well, it's tools. That's right. And that's what everyone needs. The same way you need a, a tool, like a yep. retail store that says, nope, policy and procedure that's states. That's right. Same way as if you go into a psychiatrist's office and you're going to talk all all about one issue and at the end say to the psychiatrist, geez, surprised you didn't bring up the rape or something else. Yep. And they look at you and go, okay, then you can rebook and come back and we can chat about that then. Yeah. So it, it, it it's it's awareness. Yeah, it's healthy. And it's clear, steady, healthy boundaries for people. And in particular, for people that don't have any. Okay, I want to take that last statement and go into a different area of consent. Sure. uh, And the reason that we do it. And we touched on it a little bit before, um, when I was talking about energy healing and that what you want to give permission for one day can be different on a a separate day. Mm -hmm. So the awareness of what we feel the awareness of what we want, uh, uh, toleration, what we can tolerate in a day, um, you know, our capacity to intake knowledge, even new information. Um, we ask consent because on different days, we, you know, there's there's a certain level of feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. If you're exhausted where it's too much information. And I've said to clients, it's 45 minutes, you booked an hour, I think we're done. And they're like, what? I'm paying for an hour. And I'll say, don't worry about it. You are overloaded. Yeah. I I can see it. We're just going to call it 45 minutes. I'm not taking extra. It's just, it's where you're at today. So there's a big, um, there's a big awareness for ourselves in how we observe the client, but also asking the client to be able to say, 
I've hit my capacity. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, it reminds me of going to physiotherapy yesterday morning. I had a one hour booking and I was done in 40 minutes and she called it and said, your arm is fatigued. This is as much as your arm can take yeah. today. This, we did nerve therapy today. You did nerve stimulation mm -hmm. and you're done. And I did pay for an hour. Mm -hmm. I wasn't cut back to a 45 minute session okay. and she didn't charge me less. I walked out with 20 minutes that she got to go and do whatever she needed to. Yeah. But she recognized my physical yeah. body and my emotional body were done. Mm -hmm. And even in spite of the fact, or, or not in spite of the fact, I don't know how to say this, I still paid for my hour yep. with awesome. the physiotherapist. Yet I do find when people come here, if they don't get a full 60 minutes, they're looking at me like, well, I'm not going to pay you. Mm -hmm. And if it, that's their mentality. Yeah, and I think there's a lack of understanding at that point. Yes, there's a lack of understanding too sometimes that, and well, and for some people it is there. Some people will come in and I'll say, oh, I dreamt about you two nights ago. I dreamt about you again last night. You're the one with the spinal cord problem down the left leg or something. I've been working on you in your dreams for the last three nights. So there's no bill for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I didn't hand them a bill and say, so I've worked on you. I didn't sleep two nights ago. Yeah. yeah I didn't charge you for sleeplessness. Um, or that this morning when I was in the mall, I couldn't function and I had to come home an hour early yeah. and lay down before you got here. There's, there's, there's a beauty to what we do. Um, and as you had, you said earlier, a level of respect in being able to, to check in with them to see if they're, like you said, overloaded. Yeah, and I, and I want to bring it back uh, yet again to um, being open to different things on different days. Yeah. Because uh, no matter how many times you've come to see us, the spiel doesn't change and you get it every single time. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you may have said yes to everything in your very first session and, you know, and thoroughly enjoyed it. And you come back, you know, for your second session in two months or a year from now, and you're like, you know, you're trying to rush us through our opening spiel saying, yeah, I've been here. I know what you do. I, you have consent for everything. And we'll say, no, nope, you're still going to take a moment and evaluate yourself today to see what it is you want, because you can be open to all of it, but only medical intuitive and, and energy healing are your priorities today. So you get to choose what you say, yes, you want out of the day. It's not, it's not always just what you're open to. It's about your priority. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. can I yeah go, go to one okay please. I wanted to say too that sometimes people come in and say I don't know how to do this now uh, I've given consent I don't know where to begin and I say okay I kind of talk about three ways of doing a session yes same so one way is that some people come in and they have a list of questions so it's very directed by them it's the the client client focused I'll say that they're the ones driving the bus or the car and they say, I want my mother. I want to know if she's happy about the way I did the funeral. Um, does she know what I did afterwards? And so they, they ask specific questions and you move through. Okay, I'm done that. They want to go on to something else. And they're, they're in charge. And then I say that there's an open session and where I truly mean this where I've had the privilege of having certain clients come in and say, it's open, go. And they meant it. They meant it in the space of meaning that they don't interrupt, that they may ask questions that mm -hmm. pertain to what's going on, 
but that they don't actually drive the bus. They will, and if there's a pause and I say, how are you doing? No, just keep going open. I'm enjoying this. I just, I'm here to hear what I need to hear. Mm -hmm. And I believe whatever is going, you're going to say, I need to hear. So they don't throw things out. Oh, I didn't need that. She wasted 15 minutes. They sit and they really listen to it all. Or they sit there and tape record and go, I think I gapped out several times, but I know over the next year or two that I will go back and listen again and again. Uh And then I call the other one the dance, meaning that we can, I can lead, the universe can lead, the client can lead. So they can ask questions and direct it. Then they can have a period of time where it's open. Then they just sit and listen. And then it can just simply go back and forth. But mm-hmm. ultimately, they still are driving the bus. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, I've never used those metaphors before, but maybe I'll adopt them. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I go through as well. And I uh, maybe toward like I know this is pretty much the end of the podcast, but um I think we wanted to talk about the reasons why people struggle with consent. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, we've talked all about the importance of it. Uh, and we've talked a little bit about our, like our frustrations of what people don't get. Uh, but to just kind of also come to your defense. Oh, because yeah. Because we are bombarded as a society to not understand consent, yes. to not take time to understand it, uh, to, to, you know, blaze through it. And we always use the example of, well, we're Mac users or Apple users. And and that consent process for every time you do an update for your software oh. is how long. No one's reading through it. And actually, I, I've had some friends who did. And there are hilarious things slipped in it yeah. because they know we're not reading it. Yeah. Um, and, and many companies have done that at this point. But consent forms are extremely long. And so we're taught to scroll to the bottom, flip to the back of the page and just sign our name. And the, I find quite often on cons- in consent forms that they use, I'll call it medical jargon, or pardon me, legal jargon. Yeah. They use sentence structures that make no sense to me as yeah. a regular human being. <clears throat> they, they use words I don't always understand, but also sentence structures I, that I can't comprehend. Yeah. There's asterisks and appendix. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the way that they use their words. Acronyms. Yeah. That means one thing in one set, one way, but means the complete opposite in the very, after the very next comma, so that my brain goes into confusion. Did it mean you can or can't? But they mean you can or can't. (laughs) So there's confusion in some consent forms. And I think we can often skip through that because we need to get something done. Mm-hmm. We need to click so that I can type in Microsoft Word and send out a document. Yeah. Or I have to get this done for my boss or I just want to read my freaking email. Mm-hmm. So I click yes to consent. I've agree I, I I agree that I've read it or whatever. And so we're now we're now really trained not to read it or to understand it or to question it. Yeah. But to agree to it and just get what we want mm-hmm. or need. And fight later. Yes. And that's why both you and I, I think, um, sit back and we're, we're seen as somebody is, uh, sometimes clients say to me, you're wasting my time. I'm paying, for, I'm not paying for this. 
I am respecting your time. Yeah. But they'll sit there and go, okay, you just went through consent and it took you five minutes. Um, I'm paying for an hour and I want my hour once you start giving me messages, mm-hmm. not not your consent process. And I look at them and I go, you don't get to tell me how to run a practice. Yeah. If you don't like my routine yep. and practice, find another medical intuitive to find another remote viewer go find someone else who's going to agree to do that for you. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen here. But also, Kelly, because quite often we go to a hospital or a doctor's office and we don't have to sign consent or go through consent every time either. Right. We walk in, sit down, say what we need or what we're there for, and consent is the, it's, it's unspoken. Mm-hmm. Because you've sat in the office, you have given consent. Because you're going to the midway and you pay, you are consenting to get on the ride. Mm-hmm. So nobody stops you and says, hey, do, do you, you understand? Do you understand getting on this ride could mean this? Or do you understand getting this medicine could mean this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. we, we, don't, we don't go through that. And we also don't go to a doctor's office and say, prove it to me um, before you can do something. So the consent is just something that's there. I, I think to build rapport as well mm-hmm. so that they're comfortable, feel safe and want to be there. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Good. Okay. Do you want to end the show? Sure. If anybody has questions, comments, we you're very welcome to send in an email. Uh, both Kelly and I get the same e- emails when you send them to info at bysarlo.com. Um, and we hope you have a very wonderful day. <laughs>